Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark. Hi everyone, how are you? Wow, well, I guess it's been a minute or maybe it's been months actually since I've been on the podcast, but thank you all so much for being here and listening to Nina's Got Good News. We are finally back, and there is somewhat of a backstory about my hiatus from the podcast. So I'll give you just a quick summary. But again, we're so glad to be back, and I wanted to just give you guys a big thank you to everyone for giving me the space and all the support as I took a little mini break from the podcast. So January 2022 came, and the new year brought all of us in our house COVID, as I'm sure many of you guys can relate to that. So that took me out for a while. Then also my 84-year-old mom, hi mom, I know you're listening. My mom also got sick and I was trying to focus on helping her through a couple of different hospital stays. But the good news is she is now doing well in Florida and I know she's listening now. Again, hi mom. Also, our good friend and favorite hockey goalie recently passed away. Charlie Capalvo lost his fourth battle with cancer. Charlie truly impacted so many of us. By the way, if you want some serious inspiration and a dose of positive energy, please listen to podcast number 69. Charlie Capalba was our guest on that show, and he is truly amazing. So as you can hear, so much has been going on the past few months. I've also really shifted my priorities to my two children, Charlie and Blaine, and life just happened. And the longer I took away from the podcast, the more I just got into my own head about how I should make the perfect comeback and when the perfect time would be to come back to the podcast. Well, let's just say, as we all know, there is never a perfect time to do anything. And that rings true here as well. The universe always had a plan for me and the podcast. And recently there's been some difficult news that I just felt compelled to share here in the audio space, because at our core, The mission of this podcast is to help others get better. That's always been the reason I started it. Recently here in Fairfield County, Connecticut, we have experienced two high school students commit suicide within six weeks of one another in our area. Today, we are gonna have a very direct and difficult conversation about mental wellness and our kids. We all need to be talking about these issues and learning as much as we can to support the kids right now. One in five children are now suffering from depression and one in four now have anxiety. Depression is here and it is real. We need to start talking about it and helping others through this. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so let's get started. Today, I invited back my friend, Sharon Feldstein. You might remember her, she was on the podcast in 2020. I invited her back on because honestly, her nonprofit, Your Mom Cares, is really doing all the work to help our kids with mental wellness. Sharon is the founder and CEO of Your Mom Cares, as well as the mom to actors Jonah Hill and Beanie Feldstein. Sharon is a celebrity mom with the biggest heart, truly. Her heart is a real soft spot for helping children. And joining Sharon with me today is Dr. Michelle Chung. Dr. Chung is a clinical psychologist that works with children and adults. She specializes in CBT and DBT treatment for anxiety, trauma, and ADHD. During her career, Michelle Chung has published on on teenage suicide as well. She is an expert mom for Your Mom Cares. Michelle supports their work around breaking the stigma and advocating for children's mental health. 
I am so pleased that they could both join me in an effort to help all of us navigate these challenging issues. Our goal is to help others. So here's our conversation. And Sharon Feldstein and Dr. Michelle Chung are joining me now together for this very direct conversation today. And Sharon, we're gonna start with you. First of all, I'm so happy that you guys are here today. I know this is a really challenging and tough topic to be talking about, but you guys at Your Mom Cares, Sharon is the founder and CEO. It's our one of basically my favorite charity um, when it comes to mental wellness with our kids. You really are my go-to resource. But Sharon, last time we spoke on the podcast, it was in December of 2020. And I feel like that was about 10 years ago in my head. So much has changed, right? So much has changed since then. And it just appears, unfortunately, that things are just getting worse. So Sharon, welcome back, but paint the picture for us currently. You know, are, would you, do you characterize, are we in a mental health crisis in this country when it comes to our kids? I think that's an under-exaggeration. That's first of all. But before I do, I just want to say that I'm not a medical doctor and these opinions are, are either opinions that medical doctors have given me or answers that I know from running a mental health nonprofit. So thank you for having me, Nina. And thank you for having Dr. Michelle Chung, who I know you will introduce later, but she works with us and we love her and she's always says yes. And she's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that that's an understatement. I think we're in a tsunami of mental health issues for children. It's sad, but, um, we're so um, desired, your mom cares is so desired right now that people are coming to us. Can we work with you? Can we talk to you? Can we do this? Because the amount of issues that children are experiencing pre-pandemic, pandemic, what they're gonna experience post-pandemic, we haven't even gotten into yet, that's you know Dr. Chung, but anxiety, depression, suicide, it has risen so much. But the biggest statistic that I want to say that I did not know, I don't think when we first spoke, is that suicide is the number two cause of death for 10-year-old children. I don't even equate that to a grade. What is that, like sixth grade, fourth grade? No, Blaine's in fifth and she's 11. So that would be fourth grade, fourth grade. Yeah, fourth grade and older is is dying by suicide, which is ridiculous. just unacceptable. And, and I, it's just, it's devastating to, to our country, to the parents, to the siblings, to the friends, to the high schools, to the junior high schools, to the future, to the future. That, that, that's really the truth. Mm, wow. That is, that's so disturbing, but thanks for sharing that. Um, so what, what, what would you say, like what's being done right now to tackle this crisis and maybe equally important, what isn't being done? Well, what isn't being done, I guess, because that's easier, is nobody talks about it. Yeah. It's completely is like- Is that because they're scared? It, it, Are they scared to talk about it? I mean, I won't give examples, but there have been moms that work with us that did not, remember when we did that talk in Connecticut? Yeah. There are moms that work with us who either have their own personal mental health issues or their children do, and they didn't tell us for like years because they wouldn't talk about it. Nobody speaks about mental health. It's, it's like a scarlet letter. That is what's not being done. Normalizing mental health as health is what's not being done. It's just starting to be done. Actually, pediatricians for the first time ever are considering mental health part of health. They're not separating it. They're not trying to give it to Dr. Michelle. Dr. I call her Dr. Michelle. Dr. Trump, because I have to, Michelle. Um, they're not trying to pass the buck 
They're trying mm-hmm. to recognize it. They're trying to prevent certain things, which we applaud them. We've been working with the uh, Pediatric Association and um, it ignoring it, being ashamed of it, being embarrassed of it. That's what's not, that's what's wrong about what's happening right now. One, one of many things. What we're doing is, I'll, I'll tell you more about our work later if we have time, because we might not have time, but we have funded RxWell, which is a digital behavioral tool really quickly, which um, has been proven with phase one to reduce anxiety by 70%, depression by 60 Phase two is going into suicidal ideation. So we're very proud of that because that could cha- that could weed out, as Dr. Chong will explain later, the people that can be helped by this digital behavioral tool attached to so- social workers and doctors and the kids that really are suicidal that cannot be helped by this, that need those appointments that are so rare and hard to get. Mm-hmm. So we're yeah, very well, proud of that. We're very proud of that. But we're also course. having these conversations. Yes. So trying to work with social media, we're doing PSAs. We work with all of our experts, Dr. Uh, Chung being one of our favorites. And that's what we're doing. We're talking about it. We're having this conversation. Yep. Yep. And I feel like we're just going to scratch the surface today, but most importantly, we're having the dialogue, which is so important. So let's bring in Dr. Michelle Chung. Um, Dr. Chung joining us from New York. Hi. You're a clinical, hi, you're a clinical psychologist that, that works with children and adults. And I know you're, you're working closely with your mom cares, which is amazing. But as we're talking about suicide, a new statistic that I heard just last night was that suicide attempts in the Northeast, and that's where you and I live, Dr. Chung, you're in New York, Mm -hmm. I'm in Connecticut, right? They're up 333% for kids since the start of COVID. So what is causing that? I mean, what is causing that alarming statistic? Absolutely. I, I mean, it is, that's just staggering number, right? I mean, just imagining the the amount of, and, and th- this is including children too. We're seeing yep. increases as young as five years old right now. And, you know, as we are, are seeing these, especially in younger children, but also in the adolescents, also adults. So I, I will say that, right? Too. We're seeing it across the board. I think a huge contributing factor to this is the, it is really a, community trauma that we have experienced the, this pandemic. It was, it was everything from financial strength to really feeling as if we didn't know what was happening. So great, great uncertainty that we were all sitting with. Physical health, obviously being, being a huge factor in all of this. And then there's isolation, leaving all of, you know, a lot of the the good things in life, the fun that kids were having, going to school, seeing other people. We were in isolation for, for so long. And then there was the, the constant back and forth of the shutting, things opening up, opening up. You're so hopeful. And then all of a sudden, yes. bam, you know, yes. it just, another lockdown, another wave, you're hearing another strand. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's just chipping away all of the hope, especially the children might feel, we all might feel at certain points. And, you know, I think this prolonged experience of this back and forth, all the isolation, financial strains that a, that a lot of people have been struggling with. And, and so even if um, the children obviously might not really understand that, they're being raised caregivers and parents that are that are really stressed 
and and that are going through their own form of of struggle. And so all of all of these things, I think, really are contributing to what we're seeing now as this huge increase in especially suicidal ideations, right? We, right? We, we see, we're seeing in depression and anxiety as well in particular, but the suicide piece is because people are starting to lose hope. I think in the younger kids, there's a lot of the fact that younger kids are more impulsive. They don't understand the permanent of death in the same way, way that Adult or even an adolescent teenager able to understand. And so it's, it's a in the moment impulse decision and, you know, there's a gesture or, or, you know, uh, a, a, you know, a, a death by suicide. And so I think all of the contributing factors are, are really adding up. I, I just want to say one thing. This, this is exactly what we articulate to people. Dr. Chung has done a perfect a perfect explanation of what's going on. And I just, I know that you said, there, talked about hope. There's the hope and the joy from children are gone. It's it's disappearing. It's becoming invisible. You, where, where a kid would wake up, I'm going to school, or maybe I don't like that class, I'm having lunch with someone. But now it's like they wake up, they don't wanna go to school. What's the point? Where am I going? What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen to my parents? Are we going to get the the new strain of the monkey? But I mean, I don't even know the monkey pox. Right. <laughs> Every day there's something else, and and you know, I don't want to go ahead of myself, but like Snapchat scares. I mean, kids research. Is it Snapchat? I I, I don't I don't remember. Or is it like where where did you see the videos? Is that Snapchat? Yeah, there's Instagram, Snapchat. Yeah, you can YouTube see videos. Snapchat then. YouTube. They they YouTube wherever, but. The, the videos and the Snapchat, the immediate what information that is distilled to these kids that they think is real. They 100% believe what they're hearing is real. And then they act upon that or their brain, correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Chung, cannot distinguish between reality. Sometimes I can't. So between the reality and once it's heard, it can't get unheard. Yep. And they can obsess on it. So... so yeah, I want to talk about social media because, you know, a lot of parents are thinking that's almost one, like one of the first things we think about that's causing part of the problem, right, is social media because we all grew up without it. So we're like, the old, this is a big change, right? All these kids are growing up with devices and social media. So is, is that playing, is that contributing in your opinion, Dr. Chung? Is that? Is that I think that role? is, is. You know, Sia is such a double-edged sword. I'm honest, it's a double-edged sword for me as well as yep, an adult, yep, yep. right? I think, oh my goodness, these poor kids have no chance. You know, <laughs> you know, there are no, there's, yes, there are places of, of support and places that they can really, uh, you know, that they don't, they don't feel alone, that they don't, that they're the only ones that are in these situations. And at the same time, it, I think that there are which cyberbullying is still very much a thing that that continues to has to happen. Our kids are really absorbing. As much as we try to track things, as much as we you know can look at the history as of the of the of the websites, I can tell you every single time I've had a parent come into my office saying we have maximum lock on everything kids social media. We know we know everything on their dev-. and then I go and talk to their to their kids like. 
I figured out, out a, a, a word. My friend taught me this, this way that I can do, you know, they are just so, they're way beyond us in terms of being able to navigate those types of, of uh, you know, the technology. You know, I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just oh, wanted, to, I wanted to add what I think, well, are you done? Because I don't want to interrupt you. I just wanted to say what I think is the biggest problem with social media. And I think the thing that it's, at least for, for me and what I've seen a lot in the, in the kids I work with is com- comparison. People, people only put up, put up the bestures, the prettiest things, things, the happy moments for the most part, right? You know, it seems like their lives are like, are like this and my life this. And so in some way I am lacking you know, whether it's the way I look or what I'm doing with my life. And there's this, uh, you know, this Lenin feeling that I think sets in a lot of, a lot of people, but also especially children. Mm-hmm. I, I think the biggest problem with social media, because I do think it's a double-edged sword. Actually, I took a quote that I wanted to read yesterday that I loved from social media, which was suicide is a tragedy, not a scandal. Depressed people need help, not shame. So I love, that's a great thing for social media, but what I think, cause we have worked with, so, with social media groups. I can't, I'm not at liberty to tell you what we're involved in right this second, because it's not flushed out. And I'm probably very not, I'm not very articulate about explaining what we are doing, but, but what I can say is nobody has taken responsibility for the devastating effects that social media has taken on our, that has caused our children and families and parents. And how is it now the parent's job to doctor to Dr. Chung's point, it's like saying, why don't you just be a thoracic surgeon? We don't mm-hmm. know how to be thoracic surgeons. Right. We right. don't know how to do right. this. I mean, I love Instagram to Dr. Chung's point again. I put up the weddings this weekend. I know. The other thing is, I'm curious what you think about this, Dr. Chung, is people also put up suicides and negative things that the kids kind of copy too. So it's right. like they're out, but maybe it's better to be dead. You know, and mm-hmm. literally, like that's how their minds, they're, they're just, there's no middle. They, they right. don't understand the middle. And I think it's very, um, I think it's too much to ask a parent with all the parent, what's going on in this world in general to be a social media computer expert, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and tr- to your point, tr- yes, they can track them where they are on a phone. Like, are they in a car? Are they where, but they don't know what they're doing on social media. They, uh, and that, that other thing they put on with their heads, what's it called? The, the virtual oh, the VR, the VR. Yeah. My um, son has that. that yeah. No, what is that? I guess that, like, that is so dangerous. You what don't is understand that? What, well, I can't even go into it. Yeah. That would be a whole podcast um, <laughs> yeah. goes on on the virtual. I'm only repeating again, the experts telling me, what goes on there? You don't even want trafficking, horrible things, horrible things. Mm-hmm. Men and adults pretending to be children. It's very bad, but mm. that's bad. Um, yeah. But um, I, I just think that like, who is going to take, it's like the tobacco company kind of like, right. But it's not, I mean, but it doesn't, tobacco maybe doesn't have the positive, you know, uh, um, stuff that Instagram can have. Right. Which is, right. It's so nice to see your friends, when you haven't seen them and during COVID and all these like, like happy things and maybe you'll learn how to cook something or, or what have you. I don't think kids go on that for the positive. See, that's right. another thing. I go on that to see you guys. Like I said, right. Nina, I saw your son went to music, man. Great. But they don't go on that. Kids go yeah. on it for different reasons. Don't you agree? Mm-hmm. I think that's a Dr. Chung question. No, I yeah. no, I think you're right. Absolutely. I think they do go on it for different reasons. You know, I, um, you know, when you mentioned the fact that sometimes, sometimes kids do post 
you know, some of the more extreme negative things, there unfortunately, unfortunately, is something called a contagion effect when it comes to um, particular self-harm, harm, mm-hmm. also, uh, you know, suicidal ideations and, and gestures. So there, there is a fine line, even us as the, as the adults, you know, in the world, world, but also with children, and I know schools know this a lot too, there is a fine line that we have to, in terms of, you know, what, what do we share? What do we put out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It like, cause you don't want a copycat situation, right? That's right. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's dangerous. Well, so Dr. Chung, I'm curious, like, what are the warning signs of depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts? Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, your kid may have a bad day, you know, but does that mean they're depressed or they have anxiety or they want to hurt themselves or are they just having a bad day? Like, how do you know? What are the warning signs that we should all be looking for? That's a great question, Nia. You know, I, I, when, when I work with parents, they ask me this question. The first thing I always say is trust, trust your gut. You're the person that knows, that knows them, you know, probably more than they might themselves in some ways. Right. And you feel if you're, if that gut is saying a little bit off, you know, I'm not saying, oh my gosh, they're going to commit suicide, but I'm saying curious here, let's do a little digging. Right. And I, I I think the, the main things would say to look out for are things like, is there any sort of of withdrawal that you're seeing? Is the child isolating or are, you know, are they staying in their room more? Do you notice, notice they're not really socializing as much, you know, maybe not coming out and doing family, out between family dinners or activities. Are there any major changes in their eating habits or any of their habits for that matter? Their sleep or sleeping. It's, are they all of a sudden and not wanting to do, to go to school? Certain things that, you know, they love. If you have a kid that loves basketball, all of a sudden he doesn't really want to play anymore. Okay. That's, that's, a bit of a sign, you know, let's, let's again, stay curious. Let's see what's happening there. If you see any drops in emic performance, that's usually, usually a sign that some on obviously mood shifts. Are they more irritable, more angry, more anxious? And then teenagers and, and some of the early teens, you really want to look at substance use and abuse as well. Cause that is a major contributing risk factor. Um, right. So um, can we just, t- can I stop you on that? Just because sure. a lot of, a lot of the high schoolers and teenagers, yeah, <laughs> I know. Right. Unfortunately, um, I know. Well, a lot of, you know, I know that there's vaping and there's substance abuse with teenagers and especially at the high school level. So do you, do you think vaping and substance abuse makes the depression and anxiety like more pronounced? Like, does it make it worse? Because I think some kids probably do it because they're having trouble with difficulty, difficulty, right? Yeah. So they think they use it as like a coping mechanism, but does it actually make it worse? Right. So there, there is a lot of research out there. Those, you know, this is always, I I say to my teens, this is, this is a short term versus a long gain or pain situation. In the short term, short term, sure, sure. If marijuana, you are going to numb, numb the pain a little bit. But you know what? In the long term, long term, it has shown marijuana use leads leads. It's a depressed going to lead to you being more sad. You know, chronic alcohol use, same thing, right? Is it? It's going. You are just going to continue to be 
more and more sad, more sad in this station. I want to ask Dr. Chung a question if I may, because this is something I just learned right now. So I thought that alcohol was a depressant. Obviously, there's the codependent, you know, the coexisting mental health and drug addiction. We're well aware of all that. But I did not hear, and especially now that marijuana's been legalized in a lot of states, I thought it was actually not a depressant. So is it a depressant? And if so, that's very good for us to know. So I appreciate that knowledge. I want to confirm what I just heard. So what 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 all the studies have shown is that um, if, if you have a chronic marijuana user, it does lead to certain to certain things. That's absolutely a, a depressant, right? Symptoms okay. of that type of of you know downer, right? The marijuana. Um, so the the things that they are they are linked to is decreased motivation. So that, like for example, in school, this is a great example. If you if you don't like history, you have to have to force to pay attention in your history class in order to learn and at least get, get a passing grade. If you don't have that motivation and that and that ability to kind of push yourself through it, you're just going to fail. You know, you're gonna you're gonna cut your history classes are going to totally tune out and you're going to fail. And, and I see that time and time and time again. Right. Right. And right. I know sometimes people will say, Oh, it's a, you know, we do it socially. Same with drinking. Right. We, right. We, it's something that my friend and I do together. Okay. Sure. In the short term, again, it might serve, serve a purpose in the long term, you are going to crash and burn. Like this is just mm-hmm. going to make your depression much worse. And even, even with your ID, in the long term, we'll make it worse because all doing is dulling your anxiety constantly. As we know, with anxiety, anxiety, the one way to get over it, it is you have to keep re. Oh wait, this is not as scary as I thought. You know, I'm I'm dogs are scary, but you know what? If I start with a tiny, tiny little dog and just pet its tail, okay, it's not as scary as I thought. Thought right? Okay, maybe I'm gonna pet its head this time. It didn't bite me. Okay, you know it's not as bad as I. So that's the only only way to really overcome certain certain anxieties in that way. And, and also, and also, marijuana at a child's brain is different, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely different, right? Completely different. And um, I mean, not not. I don't want to sort of bring out of bring out worst case scenario. I have seen marijuana in adolescent brains actually trigger psychosis. I've heard of that. You know, you know, full on psychotic episodes that, you know, who knows a question mark, but who knows, maybe if that person never smoked, smoked marijuana when they were 13 or 14, they wouldn't have had that psychotic episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, so, and that could lead to suicide or, or attempted suicide because yes. you're not in your right state of mind. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. Wow. Okay. Well, that's, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot for, uh, for mom and dads, all the moms and all the dads to think about here, but Dr. Chung, because we, we do want to, you know, we want to help people, right. We want to be the Fred Rogers. We we love Fred Rogers. We want to be more like Fred Rogers. Right. (laughs) So let's, let's talk about, you know, what we all can do, you know, as adults and for, and our, and our kids, to, to help all of our mental wellness. Like one of the things that I love that Sharon's been sharing is um, her walks. She's been doing these amazing walks on her Instagram and it's actually been like catching on, I think. And it's, it motivates me to get outside, walk, get fresh air, move my body. 
But so what can we all be doing? Should we all be walking or like, what else can we all be doing? Like, give us some tips to help all of us sort of navigate this mental health crisis. What, what are the things we should be doing to help our, to help our insides and our heads and all of it? This is such a great question. I, first, I always say any parent that comes in with a child that's struggling, make sure you take care, you take care of your, because you can, you cannot pour empty cup, right? It's the oxygen mask theory of parenting. You ensure that that oxygen mask you first so that you're alive enough to put that, put it on your child, right? So just first, just really thinking about your own self-care and what do you, because as a parent, there is nothing hard watching your child struggle. You know, I think we'd rather take on that struggle and that struggle themselves than have to watch their child go through it. And so it, it is a challenging thing as a parent to, to emotionally changing, to watch your child go through anything. So really checking in with yourself, knowing what it is that you need to care for yourself, to make sure that you're okay, that you're sort of, sort of at a centered balanced level as much as possible. Right. I think that obviously is, and looking at that is, that is it to do that in the most, in the most holistic way. Right. I'm a big believer in for most things, things. So Sharon, your walks, I think are great, right? Because that not only deals with the body, body physically, you kind of need and getting your, your body moving, but also getting air. I always, I always say that if you, if, if you're so trapped, if you stay trapped in a room, room or in, in an apartment or in, or in a home for too long, after a while, you start to lose perspective on things, the bigger mm-hmm. picture. You know, only when you go outside and you see nature, see the bigger picture of the world and, you know, you see other people, you see other, you know, places, things, that's when you start to be able to check yourself things in a perspective. Well, that couldn't relate back to the kids, giving them hope and seeing a bigger world out there, not just the world on their screens. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and I personally find that um, I, you know, walking is like part of my mental health and physical health to your point for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of ways that I deal with it. And we're doing like mental health Mondays where all the celebrity moms are giving, telling us what they do. Some of us like go to the hairdresser, not me. Obviously, <laughs> Gregory, where Still are you? Looking good. Uh, Still looking good. I'm gonna, sorry, I'm gonna uh, shout out to Gregory, who's always with somebody else. Um, but um, I'm not kidding. I'm mad at him. Um, but anyway, I've gotten distracted. It, those things really work. Meditation really works for me. Like the oxygen mask. We all. I always say that because I'm always like this, you know, Jewish mother, which is like the kids, the kids, the kids, the kids, the kids, the kids, and like. If I don't take care of myself, I can't function. I can't, mm-hmm. no, I'm 67. I'm not going to be able to keep going if I don't take care of myself. So meditation, walking, I eat what what's healthy for my body. I don't, you know, judge other people's food, but I know what I can eat that doesn't make me feel good and can eat that or can eat. So I really do those things and they sound so simple, but they're, they're really kind of simple and they really work. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to add one thing. For me, there has to be laughter. There has yes. to be joy. There has Love to be a that. With that hope. There must be like, I am fortunate enough to, to have, you know, 
uh, re relatives that are extremely funny, shall we say? So our I know your your family you. dinners. Yeah, must be our family hilarious. Are, <laughs> well, not always hilarious. See, we're like Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not always hilarious. You're real. But, You're real. But, yeah. But we really do believe that laughter is the best medicine. Always have. My father brought me up that way. It's never left me. It's helped, and uh, Dr. Chung with my resilience, which is plentiful. And I think that. I'm lucky enough to be born with the glass half full, but the people that have the glass half empty, man, it's hard for them to fill up that glass. I have so much empathy because I used to say, just like, do it, just do it like Nike, just like, you know, and mm. they can't. Mm -hmm. Like that's your arena, Dr. Chung. They cannot yep. do it. And, and they need those tools. And just like the whole thing with forest bathing, but Dr. Chung is right, get out of your own head. Walking in a place that's outside even in an urban environment, there's always something green somewhere. Like yep. even if you're in New York, there could be Upper Central Park or the Bronx. Mm -hmm. or, you, know, you can always find a place outside to, to, to be, those things are way bigger than your little self. Mm -hmm. So to your yeah. point, I, th I think it's great advice to do that. And I, I think that, that you, have to, you have to kind of lead with hope and try to find the joy, squeak it out like a, you know, lemonade. I love that, you know, and I think uh, Sharon, the laughter thing, important, you know, I, I really do find having fun, find people that, that you can, you can have fun with. And I, and I know for some people that is really hard to do. And I say, if that is, if, if that is the case, try your best to even, uh, this sounds silly, but one of the things that I do with my clients is I say, look, you can't smile or you can't laugh. You can't laugh. Half smile. Right. You know, at least at least g give me a half, half smile. <laughs> I like that. And, and, and just sometimes I'll force them to sit there and just, and just this like half smile thing. And eventually, usually we end up cracking up because we Definitely. feel sexy and stupid. Right. Yes. But you know, at least, you know, having that, uh, whatever fun is, is for you. Right. And your, your child, you know, somehow seeing that making facilitating them, I think is so important. And then three things. I would say is resilience speaking to again, which again, what Sharon Aaron was saying, how do we build resilience in ourselves and in our kids? And that is probably the biggest things because it's at the very core of our resilience is hope, mm -hmm. right? And, and as long as you can have that, you, you would be able to problem solve, right? You'll be able to, to somehow figure out, out a way fit. And even if that means I give up today's just, just a sucky day. And, you know, I'm just going to sleep it all off and tomorrow's different. You know what? Even in that there's hope. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what the kids in the Ukraine do. When you see them interviewed, they have resilience. The kids that are thriving, you can't figure out how are they thriving there? Mm -hmm. And they're thriving because they have resilience mm -hmm. and the adults as well. Yes. Hard thing to teach though. It is so hard. And you know, one of the, a lot of the resilience researchers have found at the core of it is also not only hope to so executive functioning skills, because in executive functioning skills, that's the path to problem solving, solving, able to plan and figure, it, right? And when when a when a child person has stronger executive functions, there is causation correlation. Who knows? But there's definitely a correlation with resilience and being able to be, you know more optimistic, all of those goodies mm -hmm. that we want in our child and in ourselves 
is definitely linked to stronger executive functioning skills. And then I would say the other really important thing is, is talking about it and break and breaking the stigma. Right? Mm-hmm. Again, this is, this is a part I love your mom cares so much as well. Thank you. you know, that the, there is, that is a huge component of this taking away the shame, t- being able to have conversations around it. You know, I'm, I'm a human of even schools, not schools able to, and, and they're getting better at it thankfully, but being able to have more conversations with the kids about it. I feel like celebrities are starting to do this, which I, I, I give them so much kudos for, because these are people that kids look up to. They, they, they see them as people who have these wonderful, amazing lives, and yet they struggle with depression. They struggle with anxiety and they're talking about talking about it. Nobody gets a free ride. Yep. Nobody. Gets oh, I love that. Ride. love that. Nobody gets a free ride. And I, and I just want to add one thing to what Dr. Chung said, which is I told Nina when, when we spoke at that event at Lisa Zelson's house, who's one of our favorite core moms, shout out to Lisa. Um, <laughs> what I always say now that I learned from Dr. Nash was you will never be the reason your child dies or attempts to die by suicide. Knocking on that door, trying to have a conversation with him or her or they or them is not the reason that they will attempt to. It might be the reason that they don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that is not to be afraid of your children is huge. Especially I know the, uh, the moms that I hear from of teenage boys. Yeah. It's huge, huge. Yeah. They're bigger. That's, they they're are big. They're so big. Intimidating physically. And that is something that I like to share all the time because mm-hmm. it sounds simple. It might be hard to do, but it's real. Because yeah, we didn't so even good. get into the, the shame of the parents whose kids have died by suicide. I'll, maybe we'll say that for tomorrow, Dr. Chung. But like, you know, that's another whole thing because it's not their fault. It is. It is. It is. Mm. And right. I think I think as parent, parents, it's so easy to blame ourselves for any, you know, struggles or, right. you know, problems that our kids are, are, are working through. I think a lot of times, a lot of times, you know, there, there's that emotional knee jerk reaction of, oh, did I do something, something you know, it's up here. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. I think the, I say this to the, to my, to my parents all the time that, you know, have conversation and let your, let your kids be, you know, sort of be the lead, the lead there. Right. Um, if, if the kids see closed off, you know what, it doesn't mean to stop there. It just means you're just going to try again, another time, another time. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You just keep method. trying. That's a very mm-hmm. good point. Yeah, I love I, that. I, I just want to shout out also to, to our Surgeon General because I love him and I consider him a personal friend. But <laughs> Dr. Murthy, it, we are going to be doing hopefully some work with him because he is really paying attention to mental health. Good, you've seen Sharon, that, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, oh, and that's so wonder, I, just like, you know, we're not political. We're just all about saving the kids. Right, mm-hmm. of course. Oh. I know you have the biggest heart, Sharon. So <laughs> Sharon and Dr. Chung, <laughs> In addition to obviously my number one resource on this topic is Your Mom Cares. So we want everyone to follow Your Mom Cares, you. go to the website, you're, you're my number one resource. But in addition to that resource, um, Dr. Chung and Sharon, what are the other resources that we can share for both parents and for kids who are dealing with these kind of topics and these, they want to have, you know, they want to dive deeper and maybe read up more and get some more information. What are some other helpful resources? You want to start, Dr. Chung? Sure. I really like NAMI.com. How do you spell um, that? N-A-A-M-I? Yeah. 
and they are the National Alliance on Mental Health. They have a big internet presence, but also they're on social media. They have lots of, of, of different specific um, topics and, and just interests in general that, that if you wanted to dig into, you could. Um, the, you know, I, 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 I always look to the APA, which is the American Psychological Associ Association, which also has a lot of work around, they have a child and adolescent division there as well. And they do a lot of research around it, but also publish articles and things that are, I would say, less academic, more friendly, if that makes sense. And for any sort of uh, suicide type of questions or, or risk factors, always the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline which is a 1-800 number. And I've had, had written call it, teens call it, but, but I've also had parents call it who were concerned about, about certain things. Um, and that's, that's 1-800-273-8825. And they also have a, uh, a crisis texting, which I thought was great for, for adolescents because for whatever reason, so many of my, even young adults have, anxiety around phone calls. Yeah. They'd rather it's text, a, right? They don't know how it's to a, do it. It's a thing. They don't know yeah. how to talk on the phone. They it don't. There's no landlines anymore. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, they have a crisis text line, which is, uh, you just text it, just text it to, it says text home to seven and four, one, seven, four, one. I would like to say we, we're part of a mental health coalition, which NAMI's a part of as well. The Jed Foundation, there's plenty of, and what I like about the mental health coalition um, is it's very diverse. So it's not just like, so if you have a, a specific group of people, let's just say an age or ethnicity, they have par part of this mental health coalition that you get invited to be a part of, um, has specific groups for, you know, LBGTQ, you know, whatever the issue might be, or the, the, the um, uh, group that you might feel the most comfortable in, let's just say like it's AA or Al-Anon, it's that kind of separation. And we're part of that, but um, the problem is, and I'm just going to say it, I'm just going to lay those cards on the table, is none of these are, are like the perfect solution. You can't get into doctors. There aren't enough doctors. I have so many friends whose kids have waited in waiting rooms for 24 hours, high profile people, money is not the object. It's the supply and demand. And sadly, the demand is so high supply of, of pediatric psychiatrist is like zero and it's really uh, a crisis right now it's, it's right a, now it's a really big crisis and mm -hmm. and um i know your listeners i know where they live and i know your demographics if they want to donate we'd be very happy to accept if they want to help if they just want to listen we're happy to talk but sometimes actions speak louder than words so we would love to have them be a part if they're a mom and they want to be part of your mom cares great it is not, it was based on celebrity moms, but it could be any mom. You guys, we consider you moms who care. And if you want to donate, that would be great too. Like, I hate to ask for money. It's like, not my thing. It's, I, none of this is my thing. I ended up here. I have no idea how, because I love helping kids and I have a big voice and your mom cares is a great idea for a nonprofit because we're celebrity and influencers, mothers. So what could be better than to get a message across than have these particular women who are my sisters with me. But 
we're here and we don't want to do it alone and we could use your help. And if you want to um, present a, or be the person you want your children to be, you will help us or help somebody else because that's what you're asking of your kids. You've got to walk that walk. My humble opinion. My kids do give back. You're amazing, no. Sharon. Well no. said. Well said. Not amazing. Just right. Um, Dr. Chung, right? She's so Absolute, good. Absolutely. That was one thing I meant to say before, and I just couldn't, is that one of my main suggestions is for steam building or to get over anxiety um, or sadness is actually to help people. Yes. We forgot you that. Know, that's important. I think people, people forget about that all the time, but it is so essential, so essential. And it, because it, not only does it give your children self a different perspective on just other people's lives might be, might be or how life can but it also gets you out of your own head and out of your own own life and, and again a bigger perspective as to you know this this is you know I'm just not just thinking about me and what's inside my head I'm actually at energy outwards and of course, when you're helping people, there's all those happy hormones that you, 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 you start to feel good about yourself. You feel good about what you're doing. You feel like, like you're being effective and contributing in some way. And I actually, one of the best self-esteem hacks is to I be with people. Is that what you said? Be with people and to contribute in some yeah. way, Yeah, you know, to actually help somebody else. Oh, I'm back, glad you back that to up. Fred Rogers, back to yes. Fred Rogers. But I want to say one thing about that too. A lot of parents will say like, well, my kids don't really want to do that. And maybe like I'm forcing them. Well, guess what? Even if you force them yeah. and they've had that experience, just like they can't take away what they saw on Instagram, they can't take away what they saw when they're helping somebody that might need their help and whether they wanted to do it or didn't want to do it, they still helped. Yeah. Really. That's such good advice. You guys, mm -hmm. I love that. Okay, well, thank you guys so much. I know we just literally scratched the surface. I, half hour. I know, sorry. We could talk for 10 hours or maybe longer. On <laughs> well, I'm talking to Dr. Michelle tomorrow so you could tune in. Yeah, you, you guys, guys are amazing. To, Instagram, to Your Mom Cares Instagram. What time are we on, Michelle? I think I have us at 5.30 Eastern, Eastern time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, amazing. Mina, well, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, well, you guys are amazing. Sharon and Dr. Michelle Chung, Sharon Feldstein, both helping so many kids out there via Your Mom Cares. And I just want to tell you guys, thank you so much for coming on today and really helping all the moms and dads out there that are trying to have these difficult conversations. And you're just giving us that extra encouragement and that extra push to say, we're going to talk about this. And I really appreciate you both so much. So Thank you. And um, just keep up the great work, you guys. Thank you so much. Well, thank Nina, you, Nina. Thank you, too. I want to thank you for like observing what's happening and not just saying like, oh, okay, I don't have to do anything about it. You do what you can do because this is your arena. This Dr. Chung's arena is, is being the doctor and I do what I can do. And if everybody did what they can do, it would, our results would be way, way better. It's so well, true. Thank you, Nina, for having me, for sure. It was great. Yeah, you guys here. are amazing. Thank, thank you so Tomorrow, much. Michelle. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Bye, you guys. Thank you both so much. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you thank you. Thank you for listening to my mom's podcast. Remember, you can find Nina's Got Good News on iTunes and Spotify, also on Google Play, Stitcher, and Outcast. And now we are also on Pandora. 
please be sure to subscribe. Also, rate and review all her podcasts, too. And be sure to share it with a friend. The mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community in the audio space. Please follow my mom on Instagram. Her handle is Nina B. Clark. Don't forget, Clark has an E at the end of it. For now, I'm Blaine Clark. Thank you again for listening, and let's just keep being awesome. XOXO.